What a time to be alive, the age of information. So many people questioning creation. Come, take a seat or step outside to have a conversation. Let's listen, observe, and respond with compassion and truth. We're back. Another episode of the Fearless Shepherds podcast. This is episode number 14. I'm joined again by Garrett Pleckenpole. Garrett, absolute pleasure to see you. You walked into the house today, and I was blessed enough to have seen you a week ago. Welcome home. Good For those that don't know, Garrett is living in the mountains of Denver, Colorado currently, working with IBM, fresh out of LMU, and uh, had you on the pod last time. We were talking a lot about a lot of things, but I got to know you a little deeper, and I had a lot of people reach out to me talking about how you have a voice of calm, peace, and also this inner child, like this playful, uh, jubilant child. And that like, I think embodies you mm. is this calm, cool mm. being that has this inner child that is so free and you tap into it so well. But mm. yeah, I just wanted to catch up and uh, talk about a lot of things that we've been talking about off the mics. And of course, press and record and being able to share a lot of what's on our heart space and a lot of the spirit that is moving through you and I. Mm. But before we jump in, if I can, I'm going to pray real quick. God, we welcome you into this space, and we are so grateful for the voice that you gave us, for this friendship that you've given us, and for the opportunity to feel your presence, to feel your spirit that you gifted to us. And I pray that this conversation is filled and fueled by your spirit. Mm. And that we are able to get to know each other deeper, share with each other openly, and uh, inspire anyone who's listening to really feel that same spirit and to be guided by it. And uh, Garrett, if you want to add anything, please do. Yeah, for anyone that's listening right now, just calling in your higher guides, spirits, and angels. Um, anyone that's invested in your highest evolution and your love and your light, calling them in to be present to let these words land where they are supposed to uh, so that you can walk away from this feeling more full, more sure, and uh, more in love. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So the last time we spoke, you were on a, a journey, journey to deepen faith. And um, I think from what we've spoken of off camera, you have gotten to know who Christ was mm. a bit deeper. And this coming to Christ, I'd love to hear a bit more, because uh, I've shared on the pod my own coming to Christ and kind of understanding deeper who he was and why he was, and this embodiment of of his spirit within us. If you just want to chat a little bit about what that experience has been like for you since the last time we spoke. I was born knowing, and my life circumstances, adversity, illness, as a kid, raised so much uh, resentment for god mm. that i ran as far and as fast as i could to find any other 
solution to the hole in my heart that only our Lord can fill. Mm. And after traveling the world and doing all sorts of amazing and learning so much and meeting so many beautiful people, I came back to where I started. And it wasn't wasn't what I expected at all. You know, I I didn't expect to be best buds with Yeshua after everything that we've been through, but sometimes <laughs> that's how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 I think about the hardest moments and I've always sort of visualized, imagined that he was right there by my side and comforting me even when I could I didn't have the capacity to listen and see with my heart to to be aware of his presence mm. regardless of where we're at or what we're going through whether we're listening or not you know I do believe that that loving fatherly presence is right there with us so after a long roundabout i found my way back into his arms essentially and being fully aware and in that in that way i was reborn uh, as uh, as who i really am mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i love what you said about having to start again you know like having been born knowing yeah and then mm-hmm. spending your life almost like unknowing through experience through trauma through pain through this this life that we experience that can be very circumstantial and when you're presented with circumstances like we were talking about at dinner there's these these things that happen to us that we can latch onto with hatred or with with mm-hmm. ill will and there's this all-loving God that is presenting you with these circumstances to actually teach you how to transmute and to turn your other cheek and to realize that these things are happening for your crystallization, for your deeper understanding of what love really means. And that is, that is I think, the embodiment of Jesus is being on the cross. Hmm after all of the torment and the trial and the just disrespect Mm. and his last words are forgive them Mm. they know not what they do and so to be able to inspire one to come to their own cross and to start anew it seems so daunting like, oh, but I've worked so hard or I've lived so long. How am I going to like let go of all of that? But like really allowing yourself the opportunity to forgive yourself. It's, uh, it's such a transformational experience because then all of the, the uh, things we hold on to that separate us from that spirit yeah. immediately vanish. I think that's the power of Jesus and the power of that eternal love is knowing that he was there all along. He was guiding you through it, whether you were aware of it or not. But once you become aware of it, a lot of those thorns 
that that spear in your side they're they're not anything that's mm-hmm. going to stop your spirit from continuously overpouring and and fueling your mind and your body which we'll get to a little later in the talk of the mind the body and the spirit and the importance of them all but i think the one that may be of the most importance but yeah it's it's incredible to to know jesus and to to dive deeper into who he was and this kind of segues to a, a show that you and i have been very touched by in the chosen the last time we spoke on the pod we were talking a little bit about what that show did for me and having met the the actor who played jesus and talked about the the aspect of it being a crowdfunded show and to see that they're on season three and to see the impact they're making on a global scale of this this spiritual movement and this this realization and a better understanding of who jesus was what was that show like for you and what what has it done for you as a believer Mm. well last time we talked i was filling that hole um, with whatever i could you know Um, but i was specifically in a relationship and when i started watching that show the first episode the first time we meet Jesus, I felt love like I wasn't getting from anywhere else in my life. It's potent. I cried and I got out of that relationship and I was like, I got to seek this out. Yeah. What is this? Because yeah. <laughs> it, so it, it floored me. Yeah. And it's that running from the knowing when we're unconscious of it, we latch on to like toxic relationships or we latch on to substance or we, those, those superficial hits of excitement Mm. or pleasure that, Mm. that give us this superficial, very skin deep feeling of love. But like you were saying, there's this hole that cannot be filled by anything but Mm. true love, true unconditional love. And that's incredible. In the first episode, you were able to feel that because I felt it as well. Mm. Big shout out to the to the whole team. Yeah, what they've been able to create. Yeah, I'm I'm decked out. I've got my chosen hoodie on. I've got even chosen socks on. Let's go. <laughs> you are chosen. If you made hey, listen, chosen folks. If you made underwear, I'd be wearing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that moment of of meeting. I I don't remember the actor's name, but Jonathan so, Rumi. Jonathan Rumi, big shout out. Um, just the presence and also the the story he shared of the the magnitude of taking that role on. And uh, I believe his name is Jim Caviezel, man who played Christ in, in uh, The Passion. I mean, can't even begin to imagine what the day in and day out must have been like for Jesus, especially in the times of, of the crucifixion. But to embody perfection is one that some humans think they do, but to actually embody that and, and to portray a character as well as he did, mm, as both yeah. of those actors did, it's um, it's really a, a very beautiful representation of the way, as Jesus told his disciples and, and lived that, that we have this opportunity and this, this almost this duty to do as he did. Mm. 
and to aim for this mark of perfection. And then that leads into a, a mm. topic of whether or not with this Christ consciousness that is awakening around the world within all of us, the perfectionism that I think plagues humanity, what are ways for believers and non-believers to conceptualize falling short of that mark and ways for us mm, to yeah. practice our faith knowing that there are going to be glimpses of our lives where we where we hit perfection or maybe we even exceed our expectations but that humble servitude of knowing that we are imperfect and we do fall short or is this something that you think we can attain this Christ consciousness where we are on a similar level to some of these stories of Christ being a perfect embodiment of the human experience. Well, first I'd like to say that I heaven is perfect. Mm. And I do believe that heaven is a place in our own soul. Mm. And so perfection exists within all of us, but it takes tapping into that space within ourselves that is beyond our earthly identities and that is through christ we come to know who we really are we are born again through christ yep and we come to know that place in us that is eternal that is what he offers us eternal life so in coming to know that place we come to know those perfect qualities that we see in our lives every now and again when we're able to love through hatred or forgive through tragedy and and heal other people and do all the things that are like storybook you know it's all within our reach but Garrett can only do so much by his, himself mm. but through Christ we can do all things Oof. Yeah, that's so powerful. That perfection and that heaven lies within us. Mm. And the the aspect of Christ's life being this representation of who we are. Yeah. Like who God created us to be. And going all the way back to Genesis of like God's intention with creating humans and the creation of this beautiful world that we're in of like, we're, we're in Eden, we're in heaven. Hmm. And the, yeah. the, the fog that takes so many souls from this knowing to this unknowing, which leads towards this fear concept and this, this, uh, crippling of your spirit. And I think, as we look into the world and we see the polarities, I think something you and I have talked about so much is when you focus inwardly on healing, when you focus inwardly on knowing, mm. life begins to present you with this heaven and with yeah. this consciousness that is of God. And then outwardly projecting this without a savior complex or a need to uh, point people in the right direction just by being and existing at that frequency, mm. you're able to 
spark a light within others and that yeah that is our our mission as awakened and newly born Mm. uh is that everyone has the opportunity and for different people it takes a different word action or gesture but it's not so much about how many people you're able to affect it's it's that one person which leads to the Last time that that I saw you last week, or January 1st, we went to a church service. Big shout out to... uh, The Way Church in Vancouver and their visiting pastor. Yes. They were over at Vintage in Santa Monica. And he was talking on a message of discipleship. And he had a radical sermon of kind of not against the church, but just saying how we can't rest on our laurels as Christians that we go to church on Sundays and then we wash our hands with the holy water and we step outside back into our lives and just stay in our bubbles, in our comfort of believers. But to really lean in to the people in our lives or the one person in our life that really needs to feel the love of God. And that message had you and I crying like <laughs> like little boys. And I felt so, <laughs> so moved by that message because a lot of what I've been doing mm. as I've been reorienting my life towards purpose and towards faith and towards impact, I can get so caught up with this desire to impact thousands, mm. impact every person on this world. Mm. And that, that was such such a, a message from God to help ease the anxiety of what that actually is, of putting the whole world on your shoulders as if you're this person who's supposed to go out and save. But it's just like within the community that we've created, that one person who may seem a little left out or maybe is going through something in their life, if you're unaware and you're focusing on touching all these people's lives, you're going to miss the opportunity to truly disciple. And Jesus was telling his disciples this message. Mm. And so that, that sermon, what did that mean to you Mm. and how has that changed your life? Cause it's been 12 days of 2023 and my life has shifted since that. (laughs) Well, first of all, you think about what Yeshua did. He, he went to the sinners, not the saints, right? The saints, they already have it going, you know, and, um, but he went to the people that needed it. Yeah. And that's what he was looking for. And that's what the, the sermon on the Mount was all about. If you're looking for me, look for the, the groups listed in the sermon that are mourning or meek or are, uh, judged in, in the Lord's name, you know, uh, unjustly, you know, go to those people, though, the, the the impoverished and things like that. So yeah, it's, um, with a community like this, we have a pos a potential to make a lot of disciples and sending these people out with the awareness of the impact that they can make, I think is a very important task at hand. Definitely. Right. Because like we were talking about at dinner, we, are collectively here not only to celebrate our divine qualities but also to bring the love and light of awareness to unconscious matter 
in the universe. So we, as we send ourselves out to bring light to dark matter, unconscious matter in the universe, that's, this is the discipleship Sherman sermon put in another way, but it's important to, that's why I was crying so much. Yeah. You know, because it, it struck that place that was missing in my consciousness that that's the essential mission yeah that we are called to do um so the essential mission that yeah. we are called to do mm-hmm. and yeah that i mean the reason why the tears were flowing for me was just this this wave of peace of knowing that like the overcomplication and again the fog that is created towards where do I even begin? Yeah. The world is so this or the world is so that. Like the debilitating fear that comes from this savior of the world mm. that's been done. Mm. All we need to focus on is the spirit within, clean our vessel from the mind, body, and spirit all these different practices that we've been delving into with the community. And once your vessel is clean and you're able to think clearly, you're able to be dependent on nothing but self, the freedom that that creates to then feel spirit flowing. It's like, I don't think the spirit flows before the mind is cleared and before the vessel, the body is fine-tuned and that's why health wellness they're vital Mm. in my own personal practice but why i preach that so often and why i love inspiring people towards that is because when your mind is clear and your body is firing it's it's incredible to feel the spirit uh, so effortlessly start Mm. to flow in your body and for those that that seem so far off the path like where do i even begin it's that same thing with if the world is so far gone where do we even begin with that mindset you won't begin it's Mm, just the next step the inspiration doesn't come until the act begins so it's taking that step it's finding that person and leaning in and knowing as jesus said there's two people one of them asks me for help one doesn't i'm going to help the one that asks me for help Mm knowing that our human ego is so afraid sometimes to ask for help. And that's been, as a leader, someone who's giving, 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 even my own self, knowing when to lean into the friends and the people around me for those types of things is is a big part of our discipleship too. God didn't send disciples out alone. Mm, wow. God sent disciples in twos, threes, fours, twelves. Mm. So for us to realize we're not in this alone. Mm, and as believers, wow. we can isolate. In our society, we can isolate so I thought that, that that was the message from that sermon as well, is by discipling, you are creating someone that inevitably can be your discipler. Mm. Because as a teacher, there's so often times where the student teaches me. Yeah. Mm. And so it's I think that beautiful gift that God gave us is that spirit and that that calling, like you said, the mission, like our our mission to spread the word and the hope that this life is so abundantly blessed, no matter Mm. if you're in a place of trauma, you're in a place of Mm. hurt, you're in a place of 
violence, you're in a place of slavery, you're in a place of, there's all these different things that we can attach to and hold back from allowing ourselves to feel the love within those things. Because that transmutation is, is um, difficult as an understatement, but it is possible. And I think mm -hmm. both of us have different testimonies that we can share towards that, which I think leads into the next topic of the the next generation coming up and a big reason why I feel so empowered and uh, inspired to be a voice of reason and a voice of light in this world is because there is so much fog being spewed into the minds, the hearts, and the souls of children. Hmm. And so you spoke on the topic of, of pills and on the topic mm -hmm. of, um, you know, I talk about it a lot on on different pods, but the the distractive tendencies of our society to, rather than lean into discomfort, have those conversations that mm. stoke emotion, mm. maybe find healthy habits that maybe take a little more time than popping mm -hmm. a pill. Yeah. Um, as a child, when you're prescribed a, a pill for the many different things they prescribe pills for. Mm. And you don't really even have a choice. Mm. This is something that, that you experience firsthand. Mm. Yeah. So if you want to open up a little bit about mm -hmm. what that experience was for you and how that has through trauma mm. in your life shaped a mission within your heart mm. to fuel you towards, I believe what this next chapter of your life looks like. Mm. For starters, just an image of, have you ever seen somebody heal? And, and whether, whatever the, the method or tool is, whether it's compassionate inquiry or medicine journey or finding a, a meditation technique that works, oftentimes behind the scrambles that were being prescribed things to put to rest, there's a well of emotion, like deep, deep tears that I've seen in some healing instances where it just summons compassion to think that when we prescribe medication to people that are going through something, they're not ever able to release that. It's a band-aid. It's just it's a crime to their it's soul <laughs> yeah. to, to think that, I mean, uh. it, in, in my case, exactly. Uh, I carried around emotions, de a deep well of rage and sadness and helplessness. And I was so strung out on Adderall that I didn't have any emotional awareness. And I I had no I had no conception of getting better without pills. I thought that I was just going to exist and stay out of trouble to the best that I could and function as society clearly wanted me to function that I couldn't function by being myself. Those were the impressions that I got from being prescribed uh, medication like that, that I wasn't good yeah. for this world. 
and puts you in a the, box. All the while in that box are all my sadness and all, all those emotions. So it took me, I was on the uh, Adderall for eight years and then I finally, Jeez. I got kicked out of my last school and this was before college, yeah. um, my last high school. And my mom was basically like, we're getting you off the pills. We're going to get you right. We're going to use essential oils. We're going to change your diet. We're going to, I was like, mom, where was this? Like, <laughs> because she went through a lot of growth and learning about this kind of thing right. that she didn't know when I was going through that. Right. So now her being the what health wisdom dropper that she is, like she's a, a maniac, like big shout incredible. out, incredible, big shout out to my mom. You're such so gifted and uh, stay strong, you know, love you so much. Thank you so much for everything. You didn't know then what you knew later. And um, that time that elapsed is inexcusable now that I know Yeah, for any other child to go through. For sure. Right? So that's my calling. That's my duty to say... Let's get kids right uh, by changing their lifestyles and and letting them heal, uh, so that they don't have to go through getting kicked out of five schools or whatever. Like right. The 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 destructive, because I just wanted to feel, and I was being asked to go to class, and I did sometimes, but what in the back of my mind the whole time I was like, this can't be what life's about. No. I mean, I, I've got things to process and so I'm going to get myself kicked out of here so I can feel. And, uh, I, I don't think that that's a path that everyone needs to take. If we can get to the root cause, like I have, like so many of us have and, and address it from the get go. And having gone through eight years of that trauma, you're a living example of how you can transmute trauma into love oh, yeah. a deep love for your mother that oh, yeah. she didn't know mm. at a certain time and she came to knowing mm. and that time in between it's not that she didn't love you she just didn't know mm -hmm. she was told by a doctor that this yeah. thing is going to help your son do this thing mm -hmm. all the side effects that this has we're not going to really talk about those much mm. we'll put it on the fine print you sign boom and so it's you i i as a solutionist, I'm always looking at the base root. And so when you look at mm. why are they prescribing these pills? Well, it's because kids aren't focusing in school. And I look at school and I see my own experience with school. I couldn't focus at school. Mm. Why? The teachers that were teaching didn't want to be teaching. Yeah. A lot of the subjects that I was learning, I didn't want to be learning. Mm. So I think it's it's such a um, it's such a tall task to try and rethink the education system, and a lot of a uh, good friend of mine, Michael, big shout out. He's all about simplicity. Mm. How can we simplify? Mm. So it's in these these communities. We have people from all walks, all age groups, and so a lot of these elders are bringing their children into our community, which is incredible prayers answered times a thousand Wow! because a lot of what we're trying to do is inspire people to feel like they're a part of a family so that they feel inspired to 
bring their family into these environments where we're dancing, we're working out, we're hopping into a cold plunge, we're eating dinner, we're not escaping, we're connecting. So school can be this thing. So many of the parents that come in here and see these ways that we're inspiring people to do what they love doing. If you put money aside and stop focusing on a dollar amount and you dive deeper into what gifts did God give me? What do I, what do I jump out of bed in the morning doing or wanting to do Mm. have this yearning for this purpose? If we tap children into that from an early age, you're going to see all of the energy that children have brought into focus. And then you give them the opportunity to play and you don't have to be so concrete and boxed. But the rigidness of school and the right or wrong mm. and the disciplinary action that's mm. taken when a kid speaks out of turn or this or that, it's why I got into so much trouble is because there's there's so much rigidness and, and uh, just squareness to the school experience mm. that I think the education piece of teaching people what a healthy lifestyle looks like and how they can biohack their being to be a little less anxious, to be a little more free flowing with nutrition and movement, but then to, to reorient, um, you know, this, this aspect of, of God given gifts and this, this aspect of spirit. It's something that I think all children have a, a deep understanding of and i think the less we baby kids the more that they're able to tap into this and it's it's one of those things that it doesn't have to be a tall task if we start in our communities mm. and if you start with you know the parents who are starting to homeschool their kids or they're starting to look at alternative methods towards uh getting this toxic environment of pharmaceutical and and schooling and trying to create solutions around ways to get actionable items towards the saving of those eight years that you went through yeah of would you say it was robotic yeah absolutely and it was it was so um hard for the self-esteem as well because as you're coming up as a young man trying oh, to make oh, a name for yourself and figure out who you are i mean before i went on a date at, in the evening if i didn't take my afternoon dose i was i was in a panic that's insane i was like i'm gonna i, I don't i didn't know what was gonna happen but i i did i knew it wasn't gonna be good yeah but what kind of crazy fear what kind of life debilitating mm. um, impact that uh, diagnosis had on me. And in my opinion, it was completely unjust. Yeah. Uh, knowing what I know now about myself and my self-awareness. And it was just a, a fast solution uh, in a, in a very, adverse time for for everyone and there was no there was no one to s slow the process down it was it was it all happened very quickly and then next thing you knew i was on the other side of the world for my family wow so 
there was uh yeah those eight years i was living on the other side of the world from my my mom and dad you know going through whatever that was pretty much solo crazy town i mean that's because the next topic we were going to jump into is like dharma mm. versus this this matrix entity that is holding i think the potentiality mm. of spirit to flow and so for for us to unplug and for us to continue to see these opportunities for future generations to have hope what are ways that people who mostly parents that are listening that that are in this this situation where you know work is priority because you want to keep food on the table and you want to keep opportunities for your family that takes away from your ability to truly parent your child right mm. so your child is acting out society tells you you got to put the child on this mm. again the solution is within me is thinking ways that we can build community where people can have what they need not be striving for what they want have what they need mm. centered around the community and that that i mean when i think of heaven on earth i think of parents being able to spend time with their kids mm. and so it's it's a big part of why we're creating what we're creating is to inspire people to take back their sovereignty which leads into this like dharma talk of like your true purpose your true reason for being here not to work your nine to five and not to alienate yourself from the real reason you're here which is in my opinion to create more life mm -hmm. and if it's not in a physical being of having children it's creating life in those around you based upon the life that god gave you and shining that life mm -hmm. for others to be able to feel uh the bread so it's it's mm. very interesting to me to think of ways that we're seeing this old regime and this old way of thinking and this old way of life crumbling and more and more people of all walks of life, all age groups are starting to really uh, feel this string of the heart being pulled in a direction of Dharma. And so the aspect of those two entities, how do you see us continue to unplug and continue to lean in? And in this practice of faith, like know that we're being led all collectively as a conscious towards mm. this new earth rising. Mm, yeah. I think it's uh, very easy to look at others and take concern for them but it's it's very difficult to drop in with ourselves mm. and clean up our house first and i'll go ahead and and relay this that uh, the father's mansion has many rooms and when we clean one of them all the entire house is impacted so the work that you do on yourself has an impact on the collective um, so that's, that's probably step one of recognizing the value of, of checking in with yourself before, uh, so I forget who said this to me recently. Uh, 
her name's Kathy. She's very, very fun spirit guide for me. But she's like when the um, plane is going down and the um, oxygen masks come down, you're instructed to put yours on first <laughs> before you help somebody else uh, or else you're toast. You, yeah. won't, you won't make it. So I think that that's step one is taking responsibility of the role that we play yeah. in everything, recognizing that we do have an impact on our collective, really, mm-hmm. um, and then moving forward from there because more often than not, lots of people are looking up to us. Yeah. And the way that we live our lives, they mirror. Right. They look to us for so much. So if we expect change in the world, we have to do it ourselves first. Been meditating a lot on Marcus Aurelius and Stoicism and the aspect of doing the right thing. Even if that right thing is cleaning your room. Mm. And those simple tasks that lead to the medium tasks that lead to the very large tasks and knowing that anything you do is preparation for everything you do yeah and taking ownership of the divinity in that and the beauty in self-realization it's it's pulling yourself from the matrix of this constantly being busy constantly catching up constantly Mm. running late and being controlled to taking back sovereignty tapping deeper into this knowing and then following that knowing with this inherent love that you are capable and worthy of that. And by doing so, like you said, the people who look up to you Hmm. start to embody that. And that just, I mean, kind of just circles the conversation of the new earth and, and of these these communities rising and, and people rallying around children and, and really, really starting to find ways to lean in and trust that mm. what their gift is, they're capable of pursuing. And that kind of ties into the circumstance that you're in. Mm. Last time we spoke, you're off to Denver. You're taking on a, a job that, I mean, you come from someone who who worked in this job prior to you, and you felt uh, your heart space calling you towards taking this on. Mm. And through that experience, the heart space has told you maybe something a little more in alignment with your dharma. I'd love to hear about what that experience has been like for you. Well, it's amazing, Kyle. Um, The insight is fresh. Uh, I'll do my best to yeah. relay it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And whatever you're comfortable sharing. Oh, I'm happy. I'm open book. Um, so I've come to understand that recently that we invite in experiences into our lives so that we can heal. And so any experience in our life that feels out of harmony comes from an impression that was made on our psyche when we were newborns or infants, where we were punished for being ourselves or told that the world was this way or that way, 
and everything that we've ever been told is outside of the truth of who we really are. Mm. So in that way, it's false. Everything that we know about (laughs) Garrett and all those stories. And so our lives that we've created based off of those impressions drew to us experiences so that we can remember the truth behind it and heal. I'm going to remember this point at the 44th minute. I'm going to play that back because that is, that is so wise. Yeshua is a being that completed this essentially. Right. But so my whole life, I have had a story that one day I would have to break out of the cyclical generational pattern of my paternal lineage to the extent that for a while I despised my last name because it came from my dad. Mm. I, 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 I hated it. Yeah. Uh, because I only saw how much damage that it did, whether that was my paternal grandmother or my dad. like. So I swore from a very young age that I would be far from anything like them, and that was the story that I created. Yep. And so I had this idea in my mind that one day I would make this huge departure from my dad's side of the family. Mm. And it would be, in my mind, it was, I, I hadn't healed that part of me that didn't understand as a kid. So even till recently, I was carrying a violent departure story narrative mm. Um, where I would hurt some feelings and it it wouldn't be amicable departure. It would be like a way to stick it to them and say like, hey, I'm different and this is why. Yep. Right? So if you can believe it or not, that story led me to getting the job at IBM so that I could quit. (laughs) 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 Just so, and they'd be, that in my mind, they were all like, they'd all be, wait, no, <laughs> you know, like, don't do it, you know, um, you're disres- and it was all tied up with disrespecting my grandfather and, you know, shunning and shaming the way that my dad's lived his life is like work coming first before the family and it was just going to be a way to really tie it up nicely and then chuck it out the window right so i becoming aware of that story and healing finding a way to heal that that part of me that was a kid that didn't understand that Mm. my dad and all beings are infinite beings and much more than the worst things that they've ever done. That's a hard fact, isn't it? Yeah. Hard one to follow. Swallow, I mean. Both. Um, (laughs) Yeah, follow. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So forgiving led to the realization that whatever emancipation or breaking away that I had planned was 
by net and needed to come from love. That is the only way that I would ever truly be free from whatever was haunting me or whatever storyline was dictating my life. Yeah. The only way that I could really be free from it was to forgive it and to love it. And this is of this week that I'm learning all this stuff. Um, like I'm going to my paternal gr- uh, grandmother's funeral service on mm. Sunday. And initially I was Bless like, her soul. I didn't, I mean, this lady basically caused more harm than good in my family. Mm. At least that's the story that I was telling myself. And when I healed and I talked about it, I realized that there's so much uh, need for love in that, at that service. If it is as dark as I may have told myself and I may show up and it might not be and that might just be the crazy story I was telling myself right but either way showing up as love as the way to break the cycle Mm. and emancipate myself that is that is the reason that I'm I'm experiencing what I'm experiencing so that I can heal um, that impression, that early story that I told myself about why I needed to do this and that, it's all its all in the back burner now. It's the courage to take the red pill, too. It's the courage to oh, yeah. wholeheartedly double down and believe that you are capable and worthy of following your dharma rather yeah. than plugging into the matrix and being mm. another cycle of yeah. what has been passed down mm. to you. And it's the safer route to just follow the cycle. Yeah. Follow the blueprint. Mm. So many of us are afraid of the judgment we'll get from our family, our friends, yeah. our partner, that we don't take the mm. pulling yeah. of spirit telling mm. us. Yeah. Because it's all, God's always lending the hand like, hey, this path is here. I'm not going to force you to it, but it's here. And I'm going to keep showing you signs inevitably until you choose that path but if you don't I'm not going to force you there mm. and it's such a like it's such a beautiful representation of love it's like just continuously lending a hand slap it away slap it away slap it away yeah. fear fear mm. i'm right i know yeah and just i applaud your courageousness to do something like this because just hearing a lot of what you just shared it's going to give you the opportunity to do work not only that you love but that is impactful that gives you this opportunity to be a disciple Mm. for fulfilling the person that god created garrett pleckenpole to be yeah and stuck in a box and you know chasing after the respect of others or the the financial goals of our ego or the applaud of the world that hole is still not filled Mm. and people can spend their whole lives doing those latter things and Mm. get to their deathbed and realize that their purpose wasn't wasn't even close to scratched 
And that's, I think, one of those things where we see cycles repeat in family lineage. Whereas if you weren't able to come through your own ego, and ego translating to edging God out, just, I know what's best. Or just having the fear passed down for so long, like, again, applauding the courage to trust your intuition and to trust the the next step i think it's 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 going to be big on my prayers is that you're able to go through this process in a graceful and um and loving way Mm. um because you're someone that that has such a caring heart and i think this is you're doing this because you care wholeheartedly about your future and about the impact that you can have for yourself because you're not somebody who can half ass anything. Mm. So to be one foot in, one foot out doesn't seem like your cup of tea. And I think that's uh why people like you and I got in so much trouble in school. <laughs> you 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 graduated college, I, I didn't, but uh so you, you cleaned your act up. But it's uh it's definitely something that I think when you're all in and that's what's been so um so beautiful about what God is teaching me is having gone all in on what God is telling me to do. The blessings are so that they, they don't stop. We are children of God. God gave us these gifts for a reason. If we trust wholeheartedly that God gave them to us so that we could be abundant so that we could serve without the fear of scarcity, God will continue providing for us to continue unfolding the glory of his majesty Hmm. it's it's such a freeing and empowering thing faith of knowing that by taking this leap of faith the nets will appear Hmm. if you never leap you wait you stay comfortable and a decade passes by and then you're close to 40 and you're like Hmm. well at this point I just, this is safe. I have a family now. And so many people get stuck in that. And 10 more years go by, closing in on 50. Well, I'm almost to retirement. Might as well just keep on yeah. plugging away. And so no matter where, this we, we spoke of at, at dinner, no matter where you are in your journey, that that coming to moment, it's not late or early. The only thing we have is now. So when you're feeling those heartstrings being pulled, I pray that we all can have the courage to take that leap. Yeah. To think of the new earth rising. It's it's when all of us collectively say, you know what? This doesn't serve me any longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One person does that. It's just like the discipleship uh, sermon. One person can have such a tremendous impact on the trajectory of, of where this world's going, which in my in my eyes, I see it moving so much more towards uh, accountability and towards like this ownership of your being, which is why we've created healthy and why we have really leaned in towards health and wellness, mind, body, and spirit, which leads to the question of, Maybe not which is first, but what, what do you find to be like the chicken or the egg type deal? 
what do you find to be the foundation of our being? Or do you think it's kind of like a, mm. a Venn diagram with 33.3% of each? Well, I think that our physical manifestation is a reflection of our psychic. Mm. And so, for example, the stories that we hold will lead to physical realities. Right. Like you can literally think your way into getting sick. Absolutely. People create cancers for themselves. Absolutely. Through stress. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So the uh, mind is more powerful than the body. Yeah. I and, could agree with uh, you there. Well, psychic, spiritual, consciousness, it's the universal fabric that, you know, the the sun within. You know, I don't know if I'd call that thinking, interestingly. I mean, we could try to put words to it, but these are impressions that are being made when we didn't know what words were. Right. Right, and we're still taking in sensory input, and they're getting, our consciousness is getting, like, um, filtered through these things, and a way to interrogate it or inquire into that and start to heal it is through the mind. Yeah, but I wouldn't say it's of the mind. A mind is a good way to analyze things, but it's not necessarily um, where the blueprint is stored. Right. And you would say that is in the spirit. The, I would say that that is in the spirit. And it, I'm glad that you brought up the importance of the being because that's where I'm I'm alluding to. That's what I'm talking about. Right. There. Um, when we fully drop our stories, and when you think about someone, a master like Yeshua, who dropped his stories, I can think of one scene in The Chosen where... Um, He's about to do the Sermon on the Mount. And Mary, his mother, and some of his disciples are like, do you want the blue shawl, the red shawl, or the purple shawl? And he just said, I don't care what I look like. Yeah. So there's a point when we drop all of our stories and remember who we really are, Mm. that the only purpose... And the only thing to really think about is to be the love and light of Christ. Just writing that down, man. The simplicity of that message. And the... Yeah, just the embodiment of that, that we are all capable of of stripping all the layers that we put on towards fulfilling the view of so many others that we're not checking in with like, why, why am I doing what I'm doing? Yeah. I think that spirit is definitely the foundation in my opinion of, Mm. of the, of our being. And I think it's what separates us from AI. And I see this rise of AI, this rise of technology and this, this almost dependency that humans are creating on it. And I have this divergence. I have this love-hate relationship. Is Convenience, I think, is one of the biggest reasons why mental instability is on the rise. Is because we as humans were built to be uncomfortable. And we actually thrive 
in uncomfortable situations. Mm. That's why when you see a natural disaster, you see humans come together like you never see. Mm. It's like, whoa, we're capable of so much love. Mm. We're capable of so much unconditional support. Um, which ties into that point of like trauma and, and, and sometimes these things that happen that actually transmute into the most purest form of love. So I think this spiritual movement that's happening and this, this awakening that's happening on a global scale and this revelation that we're currently in, it's going to empower people to take back their sovereignty in their mind and their body. And so to be on the front lines and to be practicing what mm. we preach and to be galvanizing a community around ownership, in the morning you're going to look yourself in the mirror. You're going to say, I showed up. I showed up exactly how I was without any judgment on the fact that I was five pounds overweight or that <laughs> I couldn't fit into these whatever. It's like just show up to take accountability and ownership for where you are now based upon the accumulation of all the decisions you made up to this point without using that as crippling fear but actually unconditional love to the fact that you're starting now and then surrounding yourself with people who are well-versed and well-practiced in that embodiment of what true health is about, which isn't about your physique. It's about your spirit being free-flowing. And I think that's what will really rise this new earth is this, this culture of competition going more towards a culture of, of emulation, of seeing greatness in others and realizing that that greatness is the same as it is within you and not needing to compare my greatness to your greatness because those things are different, just like our fingerprints are mm. different. Mm. And when we can really rally around people who are accountable, because if you're, if you're in and out when it's convenient, there will be no change. And so I'm, I'm really excited to see uh, over these next few months the impact that you're able to continue making in the space that you're in and the possibility of you being able to come a bit closer to the to the community that's happening here mm. and for all the people around the world that are near people like yourself people like myself that are spiritually tapping in I just pray that they're able to open their ears, which in turn will open their heart to finding the love within themselves to forgive their past self for not being whatever the expectation was that they were supposed to be. And starting now, if we all open our ears to have these types of conversations, the Spirit's just going to start pouring into our hearts which when we set our headphones down, we go to sleep and we wake up tomorrow. These types of conversations are what water the seeds of our spirit to be able to then manifest in the way that we treat ourselves. The way that we say, you know what? I'm tired this morning, but I'm going to show up. Hmm. Not only for myself, but first and foremost for myself. And just separating that hmm. selfishness that I think a lot of people in the health and wellness field have of like, I want to look good. I want to do this for me. 
and realizing that by doing it for you, you're taking on the strength to be able to do it for others. It's a, yeah, it's a blessing to see the community and to see the, the, just the shepherds that God has brought into my life like yourself. And, um, with your own experience of, of some of the healthy mornings and some of the things that we're, we're doing here, what, what would you say is something that has, has really struck you and that you've been able to implement into your own life? Well, I haven't implemented the entire routine in my whole life. <laughs> I've got, you know, I don't think this is part of it, but it's something that Mike does journals when he wakes up, Yeah, plays music. Shout, big shout out, Mike. Mikey boy, <laughs> I the architect. My, I start my journaling off every morning saying, day eight. Thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Journaling's powerful, though, man. That The Artist's Way mm -hmm. by Julia Cameron talks a lot about the brain drain in the morning of the morning pages. Go into it with no expectation. Just put pen to paper. Mm. And that's what I've been doing with this, this meditation challenge since January 1. You just bring a journal with you. And if you get one word down, maybe that's your intention for the day. If you get a full page, you just mm, put yeah. all of this stuff from your mind into actuality. And then you can start to discern through that if you choose or flip to the next page and don't even worry about it. Because all of those thoughts, once they exit your mind, it's almost like the decluttering. It's like cleaning the room. Yeah, yeah the morning is such a sacred time. Speaking of Mike, I was... I was talking to him and and thinking about which routines to integrate into my life, which ones do I want to keep with me, and which ones don't I. When you start getting into your being, it can be hard to make decisions when there isn't any more stories to follow. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, so that can be kind of crippling until you start to listen to spirit mm -hmm. and i was talking to mike about what it means to be a man of principle versus a man of spirit essentially right to be able to contradict yourself if that's what spirit's asking you to do in that moment so a little insight tidbit for anybody that's feels like they're in a rough spot they they don't know which way spirits trying to guide them they don't know how to make time for their kids they don't know when to show up to what um, our spirit has the blueprint mm. and it communicates to us through loving impulses or positive impulses and that's how spirit talks to us so we can start to make decisions by feeling whether the decision is leading us towards or further away from love. Mm. And that's a way to navigate that course. So I don't, I don't really have um, hard policies for myself anymore. But when we're deeply in our being, we're still here. Yeah. And to 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 exist as a being rooted in love we have to act out of love and that can be irregular yeah because uh even if that's eating piece of meat after being a vegetarian for 
five years or or um stopping in at that ga- gas station when you don't need gas <laughs> like there will be weird random instances where spirit is nudging at your heart maybe it's to stop when you're walking down the the hallway and just turn around do a do three spins something like anything you know the more you start to follow it the the more significant will be the results and the actions that you're led to take mm. so outside of routine outside of stories of who we're becoming and whatnot let's anchor into spirit start listening to spirit be guided by the love that we are the blueprint that's already inside of us Mm-hmm. Gotta come to the gates as a child. Yeah. Have and that fun. child is able to play. Yeah. Absolutely. That child is able to take the rigidness of routine <laughs> and be playful with it. And that's what I love absolutely. about Stephen and Mike and myself yeah. <laughs> is the difference of all of us. It plays so well into the collective of us all. <laughs> because Michael is that man of rigid routine. Stephen in the mornings is such a playful entity and i'm right there in the middle sometimes leaning more so on the play side but it's just it's such it's such an amazing thing to see the uh the actualization of prayer and how you said these positive impulses like we were speaking of earlier god always lending a hand but isn't going to grab you by the shoulder and say no come this way but these little impulses, mm. these little moments in prayer when you just sit in stillness after casting out all of your desires, and then you just sit. No expectation, just this yearning. Mm. In yoga, I believe Ishvara Praditana is the zeal for God, the zeal for yoga. This zeal, this like yearning to know. We all want to know God. We all want to know our Dharma. Where am I supposed to be going? It's not going to come if we keep just shouting at God. I want to know. I want to know. I want to know. It comes when we're able to be still. And we're able to invite that play in. We're able to let go of our rigidness. And so I... I think it's beautiful to have these conversations because it reminds me so much of why this all came to me in the first place, which was to deepen my own faith and to create a hopefulness towards the future. It's conversations like these that just inspire me so much to lean into (laughs) the friends that I have Mm -hmm. and to continue to be a disciple to the next moment to not be in this expectation realm of rigid numbers and how I need to go save the world, but how I need to embody God's light. I need to pray not by talking, but by listening, Mm. deepening that relationship so that I can internalize and deepen the relationship with myself. She spoke of so eloquently of like being able to forgive and being able to transmute some of the hatred that we have for ourselves into love. Which is, I mean, Jesus' life, there's so much untold, and that's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> talking about the life of Jesus prior to his discipleship. But 
It's that moment of Christ consciousness that we all can tap into of a true unconditional love for every aspect of yourself. Hmm. And when that, that can't be faked, that's something that just is. People feel that. And you're able to impact them at a level that Jesus was able to impact people. You're able to heal people in the way. And so, man, seeing seeing the chosen on your on your shirt, you you are one of the chosen. And for anyone listening, so are you. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I think we touched on on just about just about all. Be the love and light of Christ, like Garrett Plackenpole says. Anything else you want to add, brother? When we listen to those positive impulses as nudges from spirit, it's our the blueprint that our soul carries for our own emancipation. And it is our higher self, our, it is our already emancipated self communicating to us through those impulses Ooh. leading us to the kingdom of heaven so that to do thy father's will is to do the will of thy spirit and f to follow those impulses is to usher in the kingdom of heaven for yourself and for the for the world that just gave me the vision of like all of our ancestors in heaven with God, just like cheering us on. Yeah. Like we're giving you these, these positive impulses because we want you yeah. to usher in the kingdom. Yeah. That's what it is. And that we are always provided for. Oh, and, and think about how Yeshua taught us to pray. Yeah. Our father who is in heaven Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive, forgive us, us our, our trespasses. trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass, trespass against, against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. <laughs> I love the and ever. Forever God has a great ever. sense of humor. <laughs> Forever. I just want you guys to know and ever. <laughs> That's can't like, think of a better a better uh, like little little joke there at the end like hey guys eternity is in you right now. Uh, my little sister, Kaylin, cracks me up. Um, shout out adoption. Yeah. <sighs> there are a lot of a lot of kids out there that... <sighs> could really use a family. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, Man. Just, just look into it and, and see if... If spirit tugs you in one way or another, because honestly, I can tell you from the bottom of my heart that that little girl saved me in more ways than my family could ever save her. 
Mm. Um, but she cracks me up because uh, she'd say something like God would say. Uh, I don't know if it's what God would say, but she said, I've never been to Starbucks in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, I would never do that now. It's like, okay. Yeah. yeah. You're defeating your own purpose. <laughs> <laughs> sense of humor silliness and also the ebb and flow the accountability the ownership it's the beauty of growing up right is the inner child will never leave Hmm. that's really who we are forever but we get all this this experience and this uh, continuation of the discernment because kids have discernment for the most part but they don't have the experience so it's really amazing as these as these young men, as I approach 30. How old are you now? I'm about to turn 25, two days after you turn 30, dude. Let's go, Capricorn Nation. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just amazing that we're able to embody what I truly believe is this rise of the divine masculine as well, of like holding space for accountability, holding space for inherent good. And really, really doing our best to embody what that means so that we can be the fathers for our children someday, so that we can be the leaders of our community, so that we can see this new earth rise. I think it's, it's, a, it's a tall task, but God gives strongest warriors the tallest tasks. Mm. And we're set out for our destiny, our fate. I truly believe our generation will see the dam break, the walls fall down, mm. and these these entities of fear and these, uh, these mindsets of scarcity really come crashing down and for us to see kingdom come. God bless you, Garrett. God bless you. Always a pleasure. And all the conversations we have are, are pod-worthy, but an hour, <laughs> an hour and 17 minutes fly by. Hey, 117, bro. Come on. That's my birthday. Four days. Let's have some fun. Let's go, man. Can't, can't, couldn't have timed it any better. Happy birthday, man. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Big 3-0. That's fantastic. And you know, it's funny. This is the fourth decade because, you know, it's like the 19th century was really like the 1800s. I'm turning 30, but that's my fourth decade because zero to 10 yeah. was decade one. 10 to 20. That's incredible, man. I'm an old so geezer. So I'm just in my second decade. You're only Wait, in your second. I'm in my third. No, you're in your third. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, geez, Louise, man. Well, blessings, brother. I look forward to uh, just the continued brotherhood and just to continue to see you step into who God created you to be. Because hmm. um, I see us discipling and, and uh, really... You know, that one person, and that's on the the conservative side. But I really look forward to seeing the impact that that we have for each other, the impact that we have for our friends, you know, our our community, and uh, the impact we have on the world, brother. Mm. Let's take it one brick at a time and build that temple. I honor you so much, man. Mm. Episode 14 the fearless shepherds podcast comes to a close wishing you all a bless bless 2023 
I invite you to just close your eyes. Instead of casting your wants and desires out to God, just sit in gratitude. Let your ears help you to hear. Let your eyes help you to see. That you're able to notice your heartbeat. That you have a roof over your head. I invite you to spend your evenings in silence. I invite you to spend your mornings in silence before we get into the busyness of our to-dos and our desires and the things of the world that we start and end our day with spirit. We start and end our day listening. That we're able to follow those positive impulses. That we're able to hear the voice of spirit within us that's always there but waiting for us to listen. God, we love you. We're so grateful for your, your constant reassurance, this hopefulness, this light, this armor that cannot be broken. I pray for every soul on this planet to feel that armor that they have, that you gifted to them, and that we're able to take ownership towards the vital role that we play and bringing your kingdom to this earth. I look forward to the next episode. I look forward to seeing my brother Garrett Fleckenpool again very soon. God bless. It's amazing how quickly conversation goes when you're speaking about life and God. A lot of these questions that can spark fear, spark judgment. That's what this podcast is all about and really that's what life is all about is to to step into faith with a yearning for knowledge so if you want to learn more if you want to donate to the cause my name is kyle cassidy i am the founder of the fearless shepherds and i cannot do this alone so i would love to hear from you more you can follow our movement on instagram or tiktok at fearless shepherds my personal account kyle cassidy fitness on instagram or shoot me an email spiritmovement3 at gmail.com and i look forward to hearing from you god bless